Court knew, however, that a straightforward account of his bleak upbringing would have been a room clearer. To turn his childhood into the transcendent story that is Angela's ashes, he also had to share the secret of his survival, to use the gift that allowed him not only to survive, but to turn his life into a story that shimmered. That gift came, ironically, from the very man who made young Frank's life miserable. Malachy, his shiftless, booze-soaked scoundrel of a father, was also a truly marvelous storyteller, a man who understood the power of words, spoken, sung, and written words. When Malachy McCourt came stumbling home drunk, he'd sing ballads about Ireland's 800 years of oppression under the boot of the hateful English. He'd regale his children with tales of the Irish hero, Cahulin. He'd tell them about the angel who lived on the seventh step of the family staircase, the one who made babies appear and also took them away when they died. Once, when young Frank was haunted with guilt, convinced he'd committed an unforgivable sin by listening to a naughty story, his father advised him to tell his troubles to the angel on the seventh step. Frank took his father's advice and heard a voice telling him, Fear not. It was that kind of storytelling that gave young Frank hope. It transformed a world that was grim and often horrific into a place that was not just tolerable, but sometimes full of wonder. And when Malachi disappeared altogether, Frank started telling his younger brother's stories, just the way his dad had. Frank McCourt's father wasn't his only inspiration. Storytelling is a national pastime in Ireland, where storytellers are said to have the gift, where statues honor poets and playwrights as national heroes, where cab drivers recite Yeats and doormen quote Joyce. At a hospital where Frank recovered from the typhoid fever that nearly killed him, an illiterate janitor entertained him with poems he had memorized. And later, a headmaster urged Frank to read, saying, You might be poor, your shoes might be broken, but your mind is a palace. While Frank McCourt had the gift, it took him decades to figure out how to truly put it to work, to write the book that was inside him. When he returned to New York at age 19, all he wanted was to fit in, to be American, to look and act like the Americans around him, with their golden tans and big white teeth. He took several jobs, including one cleaning the lobby of the Biltmore Hotel, and another as a meat packer, and it never occurred to him in those early years that his childhood was material for a book. I didn't know you could write about yourself. I didn't know, he once said. Nobody told us in school. The masters always made us write about noble topics, like the Battle of Kinsale or the Siege of Limerick, or that dirty, rotten bastard Cromwell, and the terrible things he did to the children of Droida, and so on. Nobody ever said to us, write about yourself, about your family. No, we didn't know. We were worthless. Our concerns were irrelevant to the world. So I didn't know. Besides, I would have been ashamed to write about the way I grew up. After a stint in the army during the Korean War, Frank earned a college degree through the GI Bill and began teaching at vocational and technical schools because, with his thick Irish brogue, the better schools had no interest in hiring him. Even his students, kids from rough neighborhoods, were struck by his accent. You teach! You talk funny! Where are you from? At first, Frank McCourt was afraid those students would look down on him if he told them the truth about his childhood in Ireland. The hunger, the drunken father, the shabby clothes, 
the fleas in the bed, the rats in the kitchen. But his students knew all about poverty, broken families, and alcoholic parents. And when Frank McCourt finally began to reveal himself, they were captivated. Frank McCourt knew, of course, that his students would talk about anything to avoid the lesson of the day. But something else came into play as well. When these kids, whether urban slang or English as a second language accents, started hearing the tales told by this educated and eloquent man with a lilting voice, they realized that maybe he wasn't so strange after all. That maybe despite all the differences, they had more in common with him than they had thought. And a bond started to form. The bond that is created when we share our stories. After a few years of vocational and technical schools, Frank was hired to teach at Stuyvesant, an academically elite high school in lower Manhattan. Instead of studying to become beauticians and plumbers, his